Welcome to TRC Talks, a podcast by The Reynolds Company, an authorized distributor for Rockwell Automation. This show features conversations with the automation specialists from The Reynolds Company, explaining the evolving landscape of products, services, and solutions for industrial controls and automation. Welcome back to TRC Talks. This is Brad Freeman, and I'm your host for our current ongoing series about asset management. Today is episode number four, where I sat down with Rich Haug of Rockwell and discussed repair and remanufacturing services. Like we talked about last week, as we are moving further into this series, we are focusing more and more on the tools we offer to help you meet quality goals, generate cost savings, and just to generally have a healthy business. Today's episode was actually the first that I recorded within this series, and I'd like to thank Rich for the conversation that we had before and after the mics were rolling. He was very helpful in helping me to decide how to structure this series. Before we start one last item, please reach out to us. This podcast is meant to be a channel where we're giving you information that is helpful for your business, but it should be just the starting point. The Reynolds team is here to help you apply these concepts and tools to your business. Thank you again for listening. Here is episode number four in our asset management series, Repair and Remanufacturing. TRC Talks. This is Brad Freeman, and I am joined today by Rich Haug with Rockwell Automation. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about repair and remanufacturing. The idea that we'll be talking about today is ultimately cost savings. A large part of this podcast is focusing technical updates, looking at the specific technologies that we sell. Today, we're going to be talking more about the business practices that help support automation. Before we get too much further into that, I'd like to let Rich introduce himself. Uh, Rich and I worked together when I was working in this industry in Virginia, and he has been with Rockwell in that area. Uh, Well, I'll let him introduce himself to finish answering that question. Yeah, well, thank you, Brad, and good morning or good afternoon to everyone. Uh, my name is Rich Howe. I've been with Rockwell for about 18 years. I've been in this space, plant services space, for about 30 years, actually. I used to sell maintenance management software before I came to Rockwell, and I worked for another company selling something that would be the equivalent to Rockwell's asset management program. So I think I've got a pretty good understanding of this space, at least. Again, I live in Richmond, Virginia, and that's how Brad and I know each other. And I'm currently the regional lead for our CHAMP and remanufacturing services. So in order for us to answer that question, how to address and identify cost savings, first, we need a framework to be looking at these business practices through. The two concepts that we want to make sure we understand first is acquisition cost as compared to total cost of ownership. The very, very short version of that is acquisition cost is how much does it cost you to purchase an item? Now, this can be new items, this can be repaired items, but how much does that transaction cost you on that one particular invoice? Total cost of ownership goes a little bit deeper and is talking about how much does it cost you to maintain that inventory? 
how reliable is that piece of hardware and how long does it last until you need to repurchase it? And when you're considering things that way, the dollar savings that is available through quality repair and remanufacturing is what we start to see. Rich, do you have anything you want to add to that discussion? No, I think that's a a good way to tee it up. I don't know why so many people sometimes struggle with that concept when you think about yourself as a homeowner or even if you're in an apartment and you buy a refrigerator or a microwave or something, what does it really cost you? And I think everyone probably owns their own car. What is your total cost of ownership over a defined period of of time? And I think too often in this space that we work in and our customers look at things what is the initial cost right up front? And I think that's a short-sighted view, mm-hmm. right? I don't always buy the most expensive, nor do I buy the cheapest. It's what value am I getting for the price that I'm paying? And what is that costing me over the, the, the total period of time that I own that asset, whether it's a, a refrigerator or a car or a panel view? I love that you used the car analogy. We bought a new car for my wife last year, actually just about 12 months ago now. And we were looking at a particular small SUV and had two different options between a new and one that was about a year old with about 15,000 miles. And obviously the used one was cheaper. And so we were leaning that direction until we sat down and looked at, okay, if we can expect to make it to say 150,000 miles and at that point, you know, on average, that's when we would start to see some of the larger repair bills. Hey, what's the cost per mile? And when we looked at it that way, we realized it actually is going to save us money in the long run to purchase the more expensive new vehicle. And I think that's a good analogy for mm-hmm. how we are looking at the repair versus new discussion for automation equipment. So I think that leads us into our first question, mm-hmm. which we've started to answer already. But Rich, you give the the more specific answer. But why why should we look at repairing electronic and automation items in the industrial space? Well, <clears throat> to, to kind of take a broader look at that, I think you need to first think about how we at Rockwell and, and what I would like to think our channel partners, how we approach solving some business issues for and with our customers. And when you think about in the repair space, there's about 600 repair suppliers, if you will, in North America. And there's a reason that there's 600 of them because there's there's a lot of business out there. But the one thing that I believe to my core that differentiates us between every single one else out there is just our whole approach to our customer, which is my goal, our goal is to help our customers drive down their overall MRO costs. And by MRO, I mean maintenance, repair, and operations, right? What can I do to help you drive down the level of the pond, as it were? And we take a demand chain approach towards that. Those other 599 you know, suppliers or vendors out there really work with customers from a supply chain. Okay. It's a break-fix model. You break something, we'll fix it. And I ask often, you know, what incentive do those other companies have to drive down your total number of repairs each year, Mr. Customer? I am not going to work myself out of a job by helping our customers reduce repairs. So let's pause for a second there and think about those two terms. We have supply chain and demand chain. Supply chain is something that I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast understands that concept. But Rich, what do you mean by demand chain? So supply is break-fix, right? Supply chain. And think about it right now in the the 
COVID-19 times, when we look at the supply chain of getting masks or respirators out, there's a whole procurement, delivery, supply chain that's involved in that. On demand chain, what we want to understand from our customers is, why are you having the demand that you are on that particular asset? You know, let's say it's a 750 drive, for instance, and, and it's failed four times in the last five years. I'm just making up numbers here. We want to know why, right? Why are you having the demand that you are relative to your assets, whether it's Allen Bradley or otherwise? Because when you think about reliability and root cause, you know, that really is getting it fixed is, is a supply chain and it's a Band-Aid, right? But to really understand why you're having those failures is how you fix things and make, you know, and, and have continuous improvement. The mm. so demand chain is really understanding why you're having the number of units out for repair in this case as you are without just mindlessly fixing them we want to understand why our goal with our customers to you you talked about tco total cost of ownership our goal is to extend the mean time between failures mtbf if i can make an asset last longer through quality repairs oem components and the like then that asset that the customers have invested in are lasting longer, just like the car that you referenced. Mm. You're getting more value, more out of that piece of hardware for the dollars that you put into it. And that's really the overall, the, the overarching theme before we even get to repairs, it's around asset management and a different approach to our customers, right? If I can help them drive down the number of units they send out for repairs through better quality and, and those assets last longer, then it's a win-win. And Brad, you can quantify that in, in a number of ways. Not just that particular asset, but fewer purchase orders, better uptime, less dollar cost you know, for the, the human intervention there. So mm. There's a lot of different cost savings that can be applied to improving mean time between failure. And I think that's one of the largest and most obvious cost savings that's associated with a more reliable repair experience is downtime. Because so many facilities, most facilities have a hard dollar value set to if we are down for one hour, it costs us X dollars in production. If a quality repair is, say, 10% more than the cheap slap in a new capacitor and send it back to you, but it's saving you two hours of downtime, that right there means it is it has saved you money in the long run. It's going to be a much, much larger difference than that. I would defy you to find me any customer in the U.S. or around the globe that doesn't have these two, these two goals. One is to improve productivity, and second is to reduce costs. Get more for your dollar. How can we be more productive, get more widgets out the door, and how can I reduce my costs? However they determine costs, whether it's in labor, parts used, you know, energy, you name it. But those two goals are paramount to everybody. Yeah. So w without getting too, too far into the weeds, that really right off the bat, when you ask why repair, or, or I would say why repair with us, actually, mm -hmm. because we do take that demand chain approach versus, as I said earlier, and I think it, it's worth repeating, all those other people that, you know, were claimed to do, you know, to be in the repair business, the only way they keep their doors open is by repairing stuff, you know, and I'm looking to drive down the number of things that a customer repairs. There's an inverse relationship between the health of a repair business and the health of the customer. If a customer is hurting and is having consistent issues and is consistently breaking equipment, then their repair vendor is going to be making a large amount of money. If you partner with someone like Rockwell, 
who is looking to be a a full partner to you, provide a solution that is increasing your uptime, getting the maximum number of repair transactions is not the goal. So that leads into what I think the second half of this conversation is. What does Rockwell do differently? And I think part of that revolves around some of the terminology that we've used so far, which is repair versus remanufacturing. Rich, what do those two terms mean to you? So I want to start with the end in mind. When you think about remanufacturing, right, versus repair. So when you combine near equivalent quality parts per million, right, so our remanufacturing parts per million metrics rival that of brand new things that we're making off the production line. So when you combine, you know, nearly equivalent parts per million, and proactive replacement of components that have yet to fail, meaning we check for any stressed or worn areas, we'll, we'll proactively replace those. You mentioned capacitors. Drive's a good example. We know on a, you know, on a large drive, the capacitors may fail in five or six years or, or the life of those, right? So if we got a drive in, even though that wasn't the problem with that failure, we will proactively replace that. So near equivalent parts per million, proactive replacement of components, firmware updates, and, and that's something that's important as well. Those other 599 uh, repair vendors out there do not have access to our firmware. That, that is intellectual property owned by Rockwell. So no one else can perform the firmware updates legally. And the firmware updates on a component, is to, the intent is to increase the functionality and life of that unit. So when you ask me, Brad, the difference between repair and remanufacturing, you know, our intent through remanufacturing is to take a used piece of equipment and make it like new or better. And you say, well, how can you make it better than you know, when it was originally made? Well, because of those firmware update, updates, there may be some safety enhancements to that. So the intent now with equivalent of parts per million from a quality, proactive replacement of components, firmware updates at a 40 to 50% discount off of purchasing something new. I think you've got a good argument that remanufacturing is a viable business option. There are some exceptions, perhaps, like in life sciences, where they may, you know, may be required to only put new in. But in general, they, that's the business proposition. But, but you know, people tend to forget we're a manufacturer, right? So we measure that stuff as a manufacturer. Now think about this when we talked about demand chain and supply chain. As a manufacturer, if I see a component come back a second time, a PLC five, a drive, something like that. And if you know, we do trend analysis, so we, we will. If we saw a spike in something that came back, we may go back to the drawing board to the product group and say, "Hey, wait a minute, we're seeing excessive failures on this. There may need to be a product enhancement, a firmware update, something like that." So that is our incentive to always make sure that the quality of what we do, because we track it all. Is, I don't want to see that thing back a second time because that goes into our warranty rates and our quality parts per million. So that's an important metric that we use that, again, differentiates us from the supply chain, break, fix, you break it, I'll keep repairing it for you. Number two, again, Brad, is that the proactive replacement of any components that have yet to fail. Many repair houses, they go in and they see something burnt on a printed circuit board or something or an I.O. card. They go ahead and they fix that where they saw that smoke get out, right, where, where it burnt or got black. We look at that unit because, again, it's remanufactured. We basically bring that unit down, you know, take it down to the studs and, and build it back up. So we will proactively replace any components that look stressed or worn. That would be the second point. 
And then the third point I made was the firmware updates. It is our intellectual property. That brings enhancements back to that unit that makes it like new or better. No one else can do that but us. So you've got your parts per million, proactive replacement of your components, and firmware updates, and all that together at a 40 to 50% discount off of cost of new. Again, I think that's a, a very viable business discussion that we should be having with customers that are looking to reduce their overall spend and reduce the demand that they've got. So pivoting from that discussion of how we make sure that the entire unit is repaired, let's now talk about warranties. When the entire unit is being stripped down, covered, and tested, the warranty is going to cover the entire unit. How does that compare on a demand chain to supply chain comparison? Well, if I understand your question correctly, and, and here's the thing around warranties. There is such a shortage in manufacturing right now. It's a bit of a softball question because I do ask it of our customers. How do you go about tracking warranties? Most of the time, I already know the answer, and I'm not being coy about it. There's not enough people right now. There are more people. There, there are fewer people doing more work in manufacturing. It's hard to get people into manufacturing. Nobody's got the bandwidth, the time, or the processes in, processes in place to track a warranty. And as I mentioned, one of the first things that we do being ISO certified, if one of our distributors, if someone from Reynolds were to send a unit in and mark it as warranty, we check it to see if it's under warranty. The very first thing we'll do then. So right off the bat, if it is under warranty, A, we want to know about it as a manufacturer, but B, the customer's not paying for something that they shouldn't be paying for. Whereas you send it to someone else, they have no idea where it went or what was done to that, so they automatically just start repairing it. So we're different right off the bat in that regard. You know, Brad, one of the first things that I ask a customer is, how do they get their arms around all of the assets that they've got in the facility? I don't care if it's a large or small facility, there's a lot going on there. So one of the first questions I'll always ask our customers is, what is your process for getting your arms around managing your assets? And I know that's a kind of a general question, but most people don't have a great process. One of the things that we can provide customers is, is the know-how on putting together a strategy around improving that whole segment of asset management and improving the reliability. And, and while repairs and remanufacture, that's a component of asset management and reliability, it's not the, the, the be-all, end-all, but it is a, an important component of it, and it's usually the, the lowest hanging fruit. You know, by us being able to be able to remanufacture the Allen Bradley, and as a matter of fact, we, we do not just the Allen Bradley, you know, drives and PLCs and I.O. cards and panel views, but also some non-Rockwell stuff. But it's about helping our customers get their arms around better managing those assets through its life. Who you, what you spent for on it, what was wrong with it, uh, where you sent it, the turnaround time, uh, the MTBFs, those types of things. That's really what we're trying to do strategically with our customers so they have a better overall experience, better reliable components, and to your point, as you opened up, you know, a better TCO or total cost of ownership. And I think that's a good place for us to end this discussion, but on an open, open question. The question that I'll ask Mm -hmm. of anyone who's listening is, how do you get your arms around managing the assets that you have in your facility? Uh, For those listeners who are in the North Texas area um, or who are in Southern Louisiana or the Gulf Coast of Texas, reach out to me. 
reach out to the Reynolds account managers that you have in your area, because that's the kind of discussion that we want to get into. Uh, I hope today's podcast, the 20 minutes or so that we've talked so far, gives you some ideas. But that's what we're here for, to sit down and help you specifically on your facility address your your issues, your specific concerns around how we can help you to be more efficient. You bring up a good point. Well, we talked about it earlier. I would also ask, you know, any customer that's listening now, if you're using a, a you know, I don't want to say mom and pop, a smaller facility, but, you know, ask them, what is their incentive to drive down your repairs? I think that's an important distinction. You know, your budgets get cut. You're asked to do more with less. What incentive do those other suppliers have to drive down your repairs? So let us have that discussion with you. That's what we're here for. That's why my position exists. That's why Rich's position exists. That's why Rockwell and the authorized distributors around the country have put the resources in place that we have is to make sure that we are here to help you make those sort of game plans of how to run more efficiently. Rich, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it very much as I'm sure our listeners do. And we all will see you next week for our next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of TRC Talks. For support, please see our website, reynoldsonline.com. And for those who are outside of our area, please visit rockwellautomation.com and you can find your authorized local distributor there. Check our show notes for links to contact our team. And thank you again. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode of this series on asset management.